You are Locked On Hawks, your daily Atlanta Hawks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 314 of the Locked On Hawks podcast. I am your host, Brad Roland, coming to you live on this fine Wednesday evening into Thursday morning. I apologize for the one-day delay in the podcast. I know before Christmas I told you guys I'd be back on Wednesday. It's going to be Thursday instead. Obviously, you guys would have uh, heard the show yesterday. Uh, just uh, Without getting into too much detail here, I had a, a little bit of a family emergency with an illness in the family and I had to do, had to do a little bit of travel. Not in my normal location here. I'm sure I sound a little bit different. I'm actually in a uh, undisclosed location at this moment, at the moment uh, somewhere somewhere in Florida. We we should say, and I was not at the game uh, as I normally would be on Wednesday evening. But uh, here we are, pressing on. Got to watch the game on a little bit of a delay, so I missed it. I missed the live reactions and stuff on Twitter, but got to at least dive in uh, remotely and uh, in, a, in, in some creative ways. So shout, shouts to Fox Sports Go and League Pass for that, that combination of events. And uh, here we are to talk about the game. Uh, obviously, the Atlanta Hawks picked up a 113 to 99 victory. Over the Washington Wizards, that was a very, very unexpected win in some ways for the Hawks. Um, this is a team that was uh, a six-point underdog going into the game against Washington. The Wizards played on Christmas Day, uh, beating the Celtics on Monday, so they had one day off. Whereas the, whereas the Hawks had three full, day, three full days off, so a sort of a mismatch there. And obviously Washington had a little bit of a travel to do, playing on the road in Atlanta. Not, not the longest flight in the world, but still something to uh, at least monitor there. And uh, in the first half, it looks as if the Wizards were going to be able to get a win here, if, if, if only a pretty close one. And the second half really kind of belonged to the Hawks in a surprising way. I guess a, less, I guess a little bit less surprising because of the uh, sort of the rest factor and the potentially uh, running out of gas a little bit for the Wizards, but still an impressive performance for the Hawks. Before we get into the actual sort of particulars of the game, though. A couple of notes to hit on. Mike Muscala is still out. He was he was actually ruled out before this game. He was listed as questionable against the Wizards. It would have been uh, sort of on track to uh, have him return here a little bit after a two-game stint, near, which actually only played one game. Mike Budenholzer talked about the fact that Muscala sort of had a little bit of a, uh, not a setback necessarily, but some soreness in his ankle that caused him to, to miss his second game in Erie. So with that as the backdrop, not exactly a surprise that he didn't play in this game. And the Hawks, of course, do have the Thursday off before playing on Friday. So maybe that'll be a target for return for Muscala. And uh, also, uh, in addition to that, Dwayne Denman was the other player that's, uh, that was unavailable for the Hawks in this game, although the Hawks uh, released a statement before the game with some positive feedback on Deadman. Basically, he received a uh, follow-up CT scan on his left tibia um, this week, and that basically that showed that the uh, progress has been as expected in, in a positive way, and uh, has been cleared to resume all uh, on-court activities. Um, still no word in, ter- in terms of a firm timeline. Chris Bivamore, the AJC, was actually uh, back on the scene and covering a Hawks game, so shouts to Chris. Uh, he was on the scene for Wednesday and uh, actually reported that um, it looks like it's going to be about a 10 to, 14, 4, 10 to 14-day window for Deadman, about two more weeks then, which is about what, what the timeline looked like before the uh, injury. Oh, sorry, after the injury, but before the actual absence began. Uh, so that nothing nothing terribly out of the ordinary there, but a good sign that Deadman's now clear for activity, and we'll monitor that as appropriate. Um, as for the game, the Hawks, of course, as I mentioned a little bit previously, they were actually trailed by two at the half and ended up winning, winning this game by 14 points. It was a huge second-half run for the Hawks. A 15-3 run to put, the, to put the Wizards away in the fourth quarter. And defensively, the Hawks uh, were fantastic um, on that end of the floor in the second half, holding the Wizards to 39% shooting and 11 turnovers after halftime. Whereas before halftime... It was definitely a little bit more mixed. Offensively, the Hawks had a really, really good game here, pretty much across the board, but defensively, that's, that's kind of where things changed. That 15-3 run pretty much sealed it in the middle of the fourth quarter. Um, Ursula Mesova had a huge second half with 11 points on perfect shooting. 
to help the Hawks put the game away. First half was sort of owned by Marco Bellinelli having a big game. We'll talk about him a little bit later. And uh, one uh, sort of rotation note to hit on here, uh, down here, Bembry did not play again in this game, nor did Luke Babbitt. That's not a huge surprise. I will say, though, um, that, uh, you know, it's one of those things where you have to keep an eye on the uh, on, on why that on why that, why that rotation stuff might be happening, and uh, you know, Bembry sort of evaporated after having a couple of games here. In fact, uh, sort of an, a very very late to the podcast note that I actually wrote down on the, on the bottom of my list here of things to check on because because it came so late. The Hawks assigned uh, Mike Muscala and DeAndre Bembry to the G League on Wednesday night late. They actually have to uh, f- fight some treachery in terms of getting to Erie uh, because Erie is under a pile of snow at the moment, as Josh Majette was showcasing on Twitter uh, during the game. Uh, sorry, before the game on Wednesday, but uh, both Muscala and Bembry will be turn- will be returning to Erie. It makes some sense for Muscala in that you might want to see uh, one- well, at least one more game out of him with some full health before he plays in Atlanta. And with Bembry, uh, you know, if he's not going to play in Atlanta, it's not exactly the most surprising thing in the world that he might look to get a little bit of time in an Erie, uh, I would have uh, certainly bet against uh, Bembry ever playing an Erie this season at the beginning of the year, but now that he's out of rotation, offensively he's really been scuffling a little bit. Uh, it's not exactly the biggest surprise um, in the world, um, just, just just because, um, yeah, it's one of those things where if he's not going to play and the offense is lagging behind. We talked about that a lot, a lot on the recent podcast, but uh, sometimes for him to get healthy in terms of, uh, not necessarily physically, but more like maybe um, in terms of focus and um, sort of get, get his confidence back offensively. And uh, yeah, there it is for Bembry. Bembry and Muscala, and those guys will be back probably in the short term, I'd imagine, for both, both players, but still a little bit of a, of a breather for uh, for Bembry and a new focus there, whereas Muscala is still on the way back from the ankle injury. With all that said, uh, a very impressive performance for the Hawks in this game, a 113-99 victory, and uh, you know, offensively, it's, it was a 116.5 offensive rating in this game. That's very, very good for the Hawks. And for, from, for, the full, for the full game, I should say, 40%, 44% shooting is nothing to be excited about. 30% th- shooting from three. But the Hawks, in a very interesting way, actually won this game on the offensive glass, pretty much. They had a 34% offensive rebound rate, which is uh, kind of crazy for a team that does not usually do that well at all. And 16, 16 offensive rebounds, only one of which from John Collins. So that was definitely a surprise in a number of ways. And that ended up being a huge key to the Hawks gaining this victory. Before we get into the individual stuff that we always do on the podcast, breaking the performances down, I do want to talk to you about the good folks at Draft. Fantasy sports fans, listen up. Did you know that the chances of winning on Draft are 80% better than your salary cap sites? That's why Draft is my favorite fantasy site. No more getting crushed by the pros. It's not just me. More than 1 million people have downloaded the Draft app already, and you should too. Play in a real-life NBA draft right now. Be done in under five minutes and get paid out the next day. Drafts are filling every second, so you can join one whenever you want to do that. All new players get a free entry into a real money draft when you make your first deposit, but you have to use the promo code LOHAWKS. That's LOHAWKS. And play, play in a real money draft for free by using that promo code. It gets even better from there, though. Draft is so sure that you'll love it that they're offering a um, the, b- b- listeners of this podcast a money back guarantee up to hundred dollars. So check that out as well. Just search the draft. Um, just search for draft in the app store, or go to draft.com and come play for free right now with the promo code LOHawks. That's LOHawks. Check out the draft app today. Thanks to the folks at Draft as always for sponsoring the program. Here we go with the individual breakdowns uh, off the bench here. It was a huge game for Marco Bellinelli. We'll start there, and really the entire bench had, was kind of the kind of the difference in this game. If you look at the plus minuses, the starters had a little bit more trouble in the bench in this game. And Bellinelli shot the lights out: seven of eleven from the floor, two of three from three, and twenty-one minutes. He uh, he was fantastic in terms of filling his role. Is plus 22 to lead everyone on the floor, and that was not a big surprise considering the way he shot. It's not always boomer bust for Bellinelli, but he certainly can be seen as sort of that player. And uh, Bellinelli did a very good job here in a number of ways for the Hawks and really just kind of did what he does in the best possible way. 
Malcolm Delaney had 19, 19 minutes of play, had 7 points, was a plus 21, had 3 steals and 2 assists. Didn't shoot the ball particularly well, was 2 of 8 from the floor, 1 of 5 from 3. So a little bit of, a, of um, some comeuppance there for Delaney, who shot the ball well in, in, the re, in the recent past. But I thought he played well aside from that in this game. It was plus 21, as, we, as I mentioned a second ago, and uh, got all the, member, all the minutes that Bembry had vacated in the recent past. No, no surprise there, given the way that things have, been, things have taken place. But in the future, something to monitor there when Bembry returns. Isaiah Taylor, 16 minutes, uh, played. I actually only had five points, but four assists. Was two of six from the floor. Was plus four in his 16 minutes. So a pretty solid performance from him in general. Uh, Deterred a little bit of Washington's uh, backcourt play defensively and was sort of a pest out there. Tyler Cavanaugh did not score in this game. Seven rebounds, though, two assists, and uh, played 19 minutes. Was 0-4 from the floor and 0-3 from three. So that cooling off continues for him in in terms of his shooting. But he was not, not the guy who killed the Hawks in a number of ways there. But it, it is tough to play him a little bit when he's not making shots. But that's probably his biggest value to the team in terms of just floor spacing as a, as a shooter. So he's not going to make shots. It's a little bit tougher to play him. But wasn't awful despite the bad shooting. And finally, finally, of course, John Collins, 8 points, 8 rebounds, 3 block shots. And he was a plus 18 in 24 minutes. I would I will say this again and probably be a broken record. But he should be playing more than 24 minutes. I understand uh, some of the caveats as to why you wouldn't do that. But still, um, 24 minutes is not enough for Collins. He did play more than Miles Plumlee, who will get two in a second, but he should definitely be playing more. And the offense sort of lost a lot of steam when he left the floor a couple of times in this game. In general, I thought John played well. Didn't, didn't miss both of his free throws, but aside from that, nothing to really pick apart from him. And, and on the defensive glass, he was huge. Uh, pulled down seven rebounds on the defensive glass in 24 minutes. On to the starting lineup, Kent Bazemore, 11.7 assists, 6 rebounds in 26 minutes. It was 4 of 10 from the floor, but did make uh, 3 of 6 from 3 and had uh, 2 turnovers. He was, he was a minus 7. I actually thought he played pretty well here. I was sort of a uh, deterrent defensively at times for um, the Hawks against the Wizards backcourt, and I thought just Bays was pretty pretty fine, honestly. It was sort of a uh, jack-of-all-trades kind of performance for Bazemore. Didn't do anything incredibly well, but the 7 assists, very encouraging from a playmaking standpoint. Then a shooter, 21 points, 7 assists, uh, 4 rebounds, was a plus 10, the best. Uh, net rating among the starting lineup uh, in 32 minutes, plus 7 of 15 from the floor. They go 1 of 5 from 3, but made 6 of 7 from the free throw line to post a 58% true shooting. That's about all you can ask for from Dennis. And uh, I thought he played pretty well here. This is one of those games where he gets up for it, clearly. Him and John Wall have uh, gotten, gotten into it a few times in the recent past. He clearly uh, values these performances on the uh, not, not necessarily a national stage or anything like that, but uh, he and Wall have a history. He, he definitely tried harder defensively in this game than you would see him um, in sort of the run-of-the-mill contest this season. I thought he played very, very well in, in comparison to that. You know, the numbers were kind of basically out of season averages, but in general, I thought he played one of his, one of his better games in the recent past here. Miles Plumley, 11 points, five rebounds, two assists, was minus nine. I think um, you know he was four or five from the floor. He's been very efficient. Graham Chapel, a good friend of the program, wrote a huge thing about Miles. Plumlee that I encourage people to read. I think he's a little bit higher on Miles than I am. I will say though, he's kind of done what he what you could ask him to do. John Collins should be playing more than him. There's no question about that. The Hawks are worse with Plumlee on the court. I understand the plus minuses are actually in his favor a little bit on that. A lot of that's just him playing with the starting five. Uh, if you take that away though, I think uh, you know with sort of average teammates, he'd be in some trouble. Uh, the Hawks are definitely doing a lot to cover up for him, which is a good thing. And if you're Mike Budnozer and you want to get him some playing time, covering up for him is probably the best way to hide him a little bit at the same time. There are some weaknesses there that people can exploit. Uh, Wizards won't, weren't really able to do that too much in this game, but uh, there'll be moments down the road where he uh, is definitely someone you could take advantage of. Although, again, he's, he's been very efficient offensively, and that's a huge plus in a lot of ways. Torian Prince, 11 points, 9 rebounds was very important there. 6 offensive rebounds for Torian, which is huge on the glass. Uh, was 4 of 14 from the floor, though, and 1 of 7 from 3. Um, he's sort of bound to take a little bit of a regression as a shooter. I don't think he's a mid-40 three-point shooter for the whole season. 
Still, I thought he actually played reasonably well here despite the bad shooting, and the offensive rebounding was huge. Uh, lastly, Ursula Lasova had, had that aforementioned huge second half when he was perfect from the floor. Had 20 points in this game, 9 rebounds, 7-14 from the floor, and 3-7 of seven from 3, 3-5 three from the free throw line, 4 offensive rebounds, 5 defensive rebounds, and only 2 turnovers for Ursan. He was a plus 6 uh, in terms of the overall uh, landscape here. And I thought, again, he played very well. There's some limitations with him, especially when he's playing with Plumlee. I don't love that alignment a whole lot, uh, but, you know, Plumlee, uh, sorry, Elisova and Collins together is something that I really, really enjoy because Collins is, does sort of the athletic stuff that Elisova is a little, bit, a little bit more limited in doing, and those guys can balance each other out quite a bit here. But uh, yeah, Elisova played very, very well. Again, he continues to play sort of lights-out basketball since that first uh, sort of three weeks of the season when he really struggled since then. He's been awesome, and that continued again on Wednesday. So long and short of it, a pretty busy night for the Hawks in a lot of ways, but they, listen, they win that I, th- I don't think anybody would have predicted at least a 15-point win, uh, sorry, 14-point win, I should say. You know, the Hawks coming in and upsetting, quote-unquote, the Wizards at home after a three-day layoff. It's not a biggest surprise in the world. The way they did it though in the second half was a little bit noteworthy and sort of running away and hiding a little bit, kind of putting the game away, and the Wizards were not able to ever recover from that. So shouts to the Hawks for a nice performance there. It was a shame that I couldn't see this one up close and personal, but, you know, things happen, and that's what happens. I, I will say before I get out of here, probably I'm not going to be able to do a podcast for Friday morning, but I will certainly be recapping the games on Friday night and Saturday night with a podcast that will either post on Sunday or Monday. I apologize for the absence. Um, I understand Monday's another holiday, but that that won't stop us from recapping those two games. Uh, Hopefully, I'll be back in Atlanta by the time that happens, but uh, you know things are sort of fluid at the moment, so please be patient with me on that. And as soon as we're back to Atlanta, back back to a regular schedule, which I'm sure everybody will appreciate having a little bit of Hawks talk in their lives each morning. So. Thanks for listening to the podcast. As always, everyone, I really, really appreciate everyone, uh, everyone, everyone's patronage to the show. And uh, Merry Christmas, if you, guys, if you guys missed this. Obviously, this is the first time we've recorded since the Christmas holiday, so shouts to that. Happy holidays as well. Looking forward to the happy new year coming up here. And if we don't talk to you guys until the new year, please stay tuned, and we'll see you guys then.